It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Pipes episode 138. We survived the ride home from Barber. John has reached the West Coast. We're going to talk about some long, long, long distance riding this evening. And we'll get a little update from John on what he's doing on the West Coast. How are you, man? I am well tonight, sitting here in nice, sunny California. Sunny California. Yeah, it's only what? 610 for you. Yeah, it's only 6.10. Just got done eating. Sun's going down. Very nice. Very nice. Probably be a cold night tonight. So how, how many miles are you in at this point? 3,000? I am in 32.20. Holy cow. Yeah, man. It's been, a, it's been an adventure. That is some riding. That is some riding. And that, and, and that include all the riding that we did in going to Birmingham and around the festival and back and forth to a hotel to the festival and all that other stuff. Yeah, I think I yeah. clocked a thousand for the weekend. Well, congratulations! How did you find that oil leak? Nah, didn't even, didn't even touch it. Put it in the garage and <laughs> just left it sit. All right, so what you drinking tonight? Back to work. Oh, oh, I got a beauty. I got a beauty. Uh, from New Belgium, I'm drinking a Citradelic Tangerine IPA. It's actually my second one. But who's counting? <laughs> Uh, what about you? <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh, I'm having some Coors Light tonight. Mm-hmm. Did you take those from the hotel or did we just leave them behind? No, I got new pa- and uh, my cousin out here bought them for me yesterday. All right, all right. So, talking about cousins, so shall we introduce my special guest I'm sitting next to tonight? Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna do some long ride conversations this evening. So, John has a special guest for us. We're going to do like our casual interview style. We're going to hopefully get some good stories here as we go. Oh, yeah. So uh, my, I'm staying with my cousin Tom and his wife, Sarita. And Tom is my dad's nephew. Um, my grandma, uh, his mom had a half-brother. Yeah, half-brother. So this is Tom Churchill, and he's been riding since, I don't know, forever. <laughs> 70s. 70s. 1970. 1970. So he's gotten a few miles under his belt. Well, Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. And like we said, yeah, it's been a minute since we met up. I think, John, what are you at? 15 years anniversary? Yeah, 15 years. We're talking about it. That the last time I saw Sarita was 15 years ago at my wedding. Tom, I probably saw, last time I saw Tom was back in St. Louis when his grandson was playing hockey. Yeah. And I don't know what year that was. Five, six years ago? Mm, probably seven or eight. Seven or eight. There we seven. go. It has seven been a minute. Yeah. Yep. Just a little bit. And Tom's also drinking a little bit. What are you drinking there, my friend? Koner Brewing Company, Fire Rock. Fire Rock. What kind of beer oh. is that? What style? Koner Brewing. It's a pale ale. Pale ale. Pale ale. Yep. There we go. That's what we like. It does actually taste better in Koner itself than it does here, but it's really still pretty good. <laughs> Bunch like the coffee, right? It's better to 
Have yeah. Very nice. Coffee so, corner coffee is good over there too. I had that. Well, we have a lot to unpack, and I think John to set the stage, we should probably get a mini history of Tom's riding. So a little bit about well, we know when you started, <laughs> what kind of bikes you've owned oh. over the years, and then ended with your current ride. What do you, what do you have in the stable today? I have nothing today. I just sold my bike. Oh. So anyway. Uh, I started off in 1970. I had a Honda CB350, okay. which I kept until 1974. At that time, I bought a trade, got sold it, and got a 1974 CB400F four-cylinder. Mm-hmm. Great little bike. A lot of fun in that bike. A few years later, I bought the, the little V-twin, uh, the 500 custom. Bought that. And in... Uh, 1980, 81, I bought the uh, CB900 Custom, the one that had the five-speed main transmission, the two-speed auxiliary in it. Great bike. (laughs) Okay. And then I traded that in and got a uh, Goldwing, 83 Goldwing, which I crashed, totaled. And then I uh, had a lot of injuries in that one. So I couldn't really hold a bike up for a while. So in 19, early 87, I bought a Goldwing user. With a Watsonian sidecar. Rode that for a while. So I got well enough. Took the sidecar off, rode that for a short while. And in November 1988, I bought the last bike I had, which is a K100 RT BMW. A bike they put over 190,000 miles on. Nice. So all all Honda until the end. Until the end, yep. I had the Beamer longer than I had any of the Hondas. (laughs) Very nice. So... John, what are, you, what are you itching to know? So I, part of my thought today, as I was cutting the heck out of trees in the backyard and trying not to tear my leg off, was <laughs> you have embarked on quite a trip here, coast to coast. You're at 3,200 miles an hour, another 3,000 coming home? Yeah, it's going to be at least 3,000. No, uh, the trip coming home has changed direction due to Mother Nature in the uh Colorado area has decided to unleash the cold and snow. So um I'll give a shout out to Chuck and I apologize. I've talked to him on the side and, and you know one of our supporters I was planning on meeting up with him and mm-hmm. pretty much decided yesterday not to go that way. We're gonna go back across forty back home and you know just due to weather and I can't, you know, it's too much to do it. So my time frame and weather ain't playing my favoritism. Okay. So before I ask about specifics on the trips, let's just get a little bit of Tom's background. I know you've completed a ton of the Iron Butt Association rides, so give us a little preview of those, and then we'll get into some of the specifics. Uh, the rides I I rode were equal to the Iron Butt rides. I never rode them when they took them over, but I've done three of the Bunburner 1500s. Okay. I've done... Three Utah 1088s. I've done two or maybe three Nevada 1100s. One Cal 24-hour. Two of the Four Corners Tour. And 23 Three Flags Classics. <laughs> and that one is? Uh, you've never heard of the Three Flags? The first year I rode was 1982. And it was the fourth year they had it. Yeah. It's, at that time, it started at 10 o'clock at night, 
in Mexico, which that year happened to be Tijuana. And it finished Monday night, three days, three countries. And it was, it, that year it finished in Richmond, British Columbia. Oh. And there's like three checkpoints along the way you have to you have to hit or you don't get your finisher's belt buckle. Wow. Nice. And you've done 23 of those. 23 of them, yeah. And it changes every year. Two of the years that went on, they started in Canada, ended in Mexico. So every year it had different starts and different finishes. Uh, sometimes they would have the same finishers because there wasn't that many places in Mexico you could really finish. Right. But we've, and we, or start. We started in Tijuana. We started in Mexicali. Uh, down below Calexico. There's several places we've started. We started one year in El Paso. Okay. It was a long run over there just to get there to start. <laughs> some of the some of the some of the anniversary ones, you know, the 10, 15, 20 like that, they'd make four day events. And they'd be around a total of around eighteen hundred to nineteen hundred miles. Yeah. And just to kind of give more of Tom's background, Tom worked for the Sea of Walnut Creek. Um in the maintenance department, right? As equipment supervisor and fleet manager. Yep. So he actually got to sometimes go out and play with the motorcycle police officers. Got a lot of training from them. And got a lot of training from them. Nice. So, and one of the guys he really rides with, George, yep. is a former police or uh, motorcycle. No, he never made, he never rode motorcycles. Oh, never made motorcycles? Tried out one time, didn't like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, but it helped, I thought he did. But it helped his riding a lot. Helped it, really improved it. He learned a lot. Yeah. So what are some of the tips from that, that riding experience that you think helped you in your, your long riding? A lot of it, they reinforce what you already know, like, you know, corners, never look where you're at, look where you want to go. Right. You know, braking, use the front brake. Don't use that back one. You know, use the back one, but don't, you know, don't rely on it totally because we all know what that happens. It's just common sense stuff. They reinforce it. They go to extremes and they'll have these guys doing turns lock to lock mm. they'll throw the bike right against the lock and, and ride it back up and go the other way lock to lock it's i mean it's it's really wa- fun to watch them if anybody ever gets a chance to go watch any kind of police exhibition with bikes go watch it you'll learn a lot just watching them yeah so the, the training just reinforces the basics with that's mostly what it is yes and stuff, yep. yeah and they make them practice it now here's the, tell, tell the story about the you told me yesterday about the officer with the training with the Going to 60 and making that turn. And what happened with that? Oh, I had my goal wing then, and I'm out there watching these guys. And there's one one deal that you have to hit the, the, the line at 60 mile an hour, slam on your brakes, and I forget the distance, and make a right turn and then an immediate left turn. Well, they were joking around me about that goal wing would never do it. Okay, I said, oh, hell, I'll do it. So first time I did it, got through it okay. And they told me I hit the radar gun at 57, <laughs> so it didn't count. <laughs> Next time I hit it at 62 and I made it through also. And they, <laughs> they uh, kind of changed the tune about the goal wing. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> now, the events where you do have to lock the lock, I mean, they'd set up a, a course like a like a big cross. And they'd go out each one of them and make a U-turn at the end and back do the other one. And they were really tight. I mean, you had to, you had to throw their bikes lock the lock to make them. You know, and these, these guys are very, very good. What were they riding at that time, the police uh, They were riding the KZ-1000 okay. police bikes. Okay. There's a couple things on YouTube about, and I forget the officer's name from down south. He's won the events all over Western United States and nationally, uh, riding events. And if you ever get a chance, go on to YouTube and, and put up there, you know, police uh, competitions, police bike competition to watch it. It's incredible. Yeah, John and I found a, a training course. What was it, Minnesota? 
I think we were looking yeah, at. I think so. They think o- actually good. offer it as a course to the public, and it was an intense couple of days, it looked like. Yep. That's pretty cool. All right, so all the long rides that you have, the four points, the three flags, all that stuff, which one is which event is your favorite? And, and wow. if you can describe why. Or maybe there's not a favorite. <laughs> I think one of my favorites was the Four Corners because you see so much of the country. Now, the last time I rode it with my buddy, we did it around Labor Day weekend. But we also, during the same time, we rode the Three Flags Classic. Oh, at Two the events. same time. Okay. So we went down, went down to the first corner, which is San Ysidro, California. Did our paperwork because you have to take a picture of your bike in front of something like your post office. Mm-hmm. And you have to get a number off of a, a phone booth. And then you have to mail your mail the picture and all the receipts from there, so it's postmarked. So we left there and went over to Mexicali to start the three flags, which we did. We wandered up around. I forget where all the checkpoints were. The last checkpoint was Sandpoint, Idaho, and the finish was in Penticton, British Columbia, kind of straight up. Oh, nice. well, we had to go over to Blaine, Washington, to do the second corner of the four corners, <laughs> and back back over. At uh, Penticton, and finished still and finished in time for the for the three flags, which we did. So we stayed around there for two days to the banquet and all that. Then we headed for uh, for Maine, which is a little town called Madawaska, way up in the top. So we went up there. We come down. My daughter was living in New Jersey, so we stopped and seen her for a day. George, my buddy's sister was in Virginia. We stopped and seen her. Then we headed for Key West. And we still made it. I think we got there. I think it's nineteen days. I think to get there at eighteen. We had a couple of days to spare. Yeah, twenty-one. Yeah, twenty-one days. Twenty-one to go. days to go from the first corner to the fourth corner. Mm. Yeah, so. and I think I know of one of the events. You actually, we we were living in Jacksonville, and I remember you stopped by. Yeah. and saw Dad at one point. That was in '84. Yeah. That was when John and I did it. Yeah, yeah. So I know yeah. that you did. Yeah. That was the first time we did the four corners, but the last time with the two events, kind of fun. You know, you see the country, and yeah. we spent two nights. In uh, Key West, and that's when just Ivan just went through, so it was all pretty well tore up. And we were we were going back to uh, up through New Orleans that way, but that hurricane was going up through there, so we headed up and went up to the Jack Daniels Distillery, <laughs> which was a great place. That oh, that was fantastic. And then uh, my wife and grandson happened to be in Illinois uh, with some of the relatives on the farm, so uh, we knew they were going to be there, so we surprised them. They didn't know we were coming, so George and I showed up at that. So then we headed home, went back to Albuquerque, and you know we did we did a lot. Of, took it easy going home because, like in Albuquerque, we went and took the tram up top Sandia Mountain, and just kind of took our time coming home. Nice. Now that twenty-one days is to get to the fourth point. You don't have to go back to the start, right? That's correct. It's first to the fourth. Got it. Start, one of the things that's fantastic about that event is there's a guy down south named Dave McQueenie, long distance rider supreme, the only guy I ever know to do the four corners, from his home in Southern California. He went to each corner and back, right, in corner on a different bike, each corner. <laughs> nice. He made it in 21 days. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was one of the most fantastic rides I've ever seen. And that was all the way back home. He lived in Southern California. Nice. So you know, he'd, go up, he'd go up there. I think, I think he hit San Ysidro first. And then he, I, I don't know for sure, but I think then he went to Blaine, Washington, back to Southern California. Went to Key West, back to Southern California. And then it went to Madawaska, and that was his fourth corner. Twenty-one days. Oh, he was he was a true iron butt. Yes. Twenty-one days. What do you think? Yep, that's what you have. That's that. You've got six thousand miles mapped out in about nine days. 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of roundabout way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting trip. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So. One of the one of the longest rides. I went on very short one. I went. Uh, I was going back to visit my friend who lived in in Illinois. I was going back to see him, and I was leaving. Going to leave Wednesday morning from work. I had a I had a special report I had to get out and get turned in before I could leave. And my wife notified me she was going to be in Des Moines, Iowa, Thursday. Mm-hmm. So let's have dinner. I said, okay, we'll have dinner. She said, we have to leave early. I said, I can't. So I went and did that report. I left Walnut Creek at 9.30 Wednesday morning, and I got in Des Moines, Iowa at 4.30 Thursday afternoon, nonstop, except for fuel. <laughs> now, also, Tom also modified his bike to have an auxiliary tank on the back. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I had an extra four-and-a-half-gallon tank on the back of the bike. It had it right where the passenger would sit. Yeah, I was going to ask what, how often you were stopping for fuel. And that tank like that. on it, that trip to Des Moines, I ran one time, didn't get off the bike for 366 miles. I'd probably pass out. <laughs> well, there's some secrets along distance riding. If you're going to do that, like them long ones, you know, 15, 20, 25 hours like that. Yeah. Don't eat. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, no? I don't always eat had at my tank bait. I had hard candies in there. Always had hard candies. And I always water. Every stop, I'd, I, my water bottle would be empty. I'd fill it, and away you'd go. Uh, on that trip to Des Moines, I stopped in Nebraska and had an egg McMuffin and a cup of coffee, and then I went on. So hydrate and a little bit of sugar. But the other thing, if you're going to ride all night, <laughs> you know, you get tired and you get sore and all that, right? Take Anison with you. Eight o'clock at night, midnight, four in the morning, take two Anison. Anison has a high content of caffeine in it, right. more than coffee. Uh-huh, that's a good one. Whole trick. All right, I got to look the bike up. What was the BMW you had again? The K... A100RT. 100RT. There's the flat four. And in fact, I have the the Anderson that he talks about. I have some with me. I have not tried it yet. (laughs) Now, does it, okay, is this the predecessor to the modern RT? The the R? The first RT, no, RTs were made for a long time. Okay. The K100 started in 1985. That's the one they call the flying brick. It's the flat engine. I see it, yeah. Which they made in a four-cylinder and a three-cylinder version. Three-cylinder was the K750, huh. or K75, I'm sorry, which is a 750cc. Right. The K100 was a 1,000cc. Got it. So it's not it's not in the lineage of the R series at all? No, no. R's were the Pose twins. Got it. That's pretty cool. That looks neat, though. Even though it is a brick, it looks pretty cool. Well, the brick was a smooth run, you know. I know that Dave McQueenie, I tell you about, he had one that had 280,000 on the last thing. Never had a cylinder head off it. Mine never had a cylinder head off it. It's almost 200,000 miles and never touched it. Yeah. No. The only thing I did, I did put a cam chain with cam gears in it. The only reason that was the, uh, the cam guide was starting to get a little bad, bad in the cam chain was starting to stretch a little bit. So I put new ones in. Hmm. That work I did myself. The only thing I didn't do in that bike myself. When I had it was, I didn't, I always had the fuel injection balanced by them, by the dealer. From the dealer. Uh, clutches and all that stuff they put in. And I had the transmission rebuild at about 175000 because the shift drum was going bad. I took it in and I had them rebuild it. And so other than that, I did everything to bike myself. Yeah, it seems like all the, not all, but a lot of the long distance riders, you know, Gold Wings, RTs, the K-Series bikes. Yeah, that seems to be the the popular ones. 
So are you, are you up on modern bikes? You know, if you were to buy a bike today, do you have anything in mind? Yeah, spider. A spider? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I rode one several years ago, one of the motorcycles here. I want one. And right now, financially, I'm not quite, you know, I'm retired. Yeah. And uh, just bought a new travel trailer, which I'm going to get a lot paid for. I'm going to look at getting a spider. No kidding. Oh, yeah, well, I'd buy a spider. It's one bike I'd buy right now. Yeah, we, we know a guy who rides one of those. He could probably help I, I met a guy for a while back. Seems like he had one, likes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's parked in the garage right now, yeah. too. Uh, did you ride it? Like did you take it out? Since it came out? Pardon? Did you take John's out for a ride? No, I, I wouldn't do it. I, you know how bad I would feel if anything happened and it hit me and crashed his bike and here in California. I wouldn't do that. Oh, I just would not do it. Let's get another one. Have you ever seen any other bikes made like that configuration, the two wide and one in the back? Not from the factory, no. I mean, oh, there's yeah. a couple there's, of there's, there's another factory that made two of them. John seen the picture. Oh yes, I have. You know who it was? Is that the Harleys you were telling me about? Harley Davidson made two of them. They're in the they're in the factory museum up in uh, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, I got to see that. Well, did it drive the front wheels or did it drive the back wheel? Back wheel. Interesting. Well, I'll, I'll send a picture to John. He can show it to you. All right. Yeah, and I think the the reason they didn't do it is they said it was too expensive. Too expensive to make. Yeah. You know, they're selling forty thousand dollar. You know. Big super glides and all that stuff, but they can't build that three wheeler cheaper. Yeah, it's right. like, come on. And then they have like a $40,000 trike that they sell too, which. Yeah, right. Well, you notice why Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, and Yamaha do not make three wheelers? Three I learned this from a gentleman named Fred Rao. Okay. He is a well known moto journalist. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Writes for several magazines. I met him at a, at a BMW rally up in Redmond, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Talking to him, we were talking. I talked about because he rides a uh, spider, loves it. Back when they made the three-wheel off-road bikes with the two in the back, one in the front, and everybody was getting injured on them, and they had lawsuits and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, the federal government told them four companies that they couldn't make them anymore. That's it; they couldn't sell them or nothing. Couldn't do it. So the th- four companies negotiated with the United States government that they could sell them, get rid of their stock for six months, and they would never make a three-wheeler again. Huh. Yamaha part of it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, Yamaha's making a three-wheel. Now, narrow in the front, I guess. Yes. Yes. Somehow they got away with it, but they they were in that original agreement. Yeah, they got the knife. Yep. That's the tilted three. Yeah. It leans, though. Yeah, it's not fixed uh, like the Spider. It looks kind of crazy, but. Yeah, I, I've heard about it. I haven't seen a picture of it yet. Before. I'd still like to ride it. Yeah. So do, do you have uh, an opinion on the Spider? On the new no Goldwing at all? Pardon? Do you have an opinion on the new Goldwing? Have you checked that out? Uh, I don't know much about, but my friend, George, wrote me a lot, had a 1500 for a long time. He just recently, like, well, a year and a half ago, two years ago, went and bought a new uh, K1600 GTL. He likes that better than that Goldwing. Hmm. But now the 1800s, I don't know anybody's had one, so I don't know much about them. I can't say. Yeah, that K sixteen hundred is quite a piece. Yeah, he loves it. You know, he, he says now he can turn, turn the throttle and it does something. <laughs> but the gold wing didn't do it. Yeah, no, they just they didn't, they didn't have the high horsepower and stuff like the BMW does. Yeah, yeah, that's not the first priority. But the the new one's supposed to have a lot more power, and they they changed the front end to be like a. 
a dual wishbone, so it's similar to BMW's telelever. Yes, in the front. Yes. So, which of the BMW BMW stands for is bring more wallet. <laughs> bring more wallet. <laughs> yeah, I think they might be the only ones that are actually more are actually harder on the wallet than Harley Davidson. Oh yeah, no, they really are. No. It's just I mean, it's ridiculous what they charge for their bikes, but you know, and the new ones seem to be pretty good. No, I mean, I I had no. I mean, mine was an older one, and it. I didn't. I can't have any complaints about what it did. Yeah. For reliability, it only only broke down once. What time I had it? Uh, well, twice actually. Thermostat froze up one time. I was headed for Reno. Got to Sacramento. Thermostat froze up, so I had to call and have my my son-in-law brought the pickup up and I brought it home. <laughs> it was on the first time I rode the uh, uh, Nevada 1100. It was down in Death Valley. The thing just quit. Boom. So I no fuel pump wasn't working. Huh. So I started hot wired it. It worked. So I knew it was something to do in the relay. Yeah. So I tore it apart down there and found out where it's like the little, you know, little uh, five pin Bosch relays. It plugs in one of the receptacles when they put it in the holder. They didn't put the clip there to hold it and it pushed it out, vibrated out. So I fixed that in the parking lot of the Mule Town Motel or wherever it was. Those, those up top, is those up tied to hold it in place? <laughs> no, I just put the clip out where you put it and it clicked in. It was okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Nevada 1100, you do 1100 miles around Nevada. Is that what That's it is? Minimum. Minimum. Okay. Yeah. Most of the time you run over 1200 getting the bonus legs. All right. And how long do you have to do it? 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. And then the Utah 1080 is 1080. 1088 miles plus bonus legs. That you start on Salt Lake City and you'd be all the way down the Four Corners area, over over the, towards the Panguitch, Utah, way up there. He's back up. Yeah. Now, with those, did you have to, every time you stop and get gas, you had to keep the receipts and everything? Or no, how, or you had the checkpoints. You had to hit the checkpoints. Okay, so they had checkpoints that you yep. had to hit. Yep. Okay. And they told you where the checkpoints were? No. 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 <laughs> How'd you figure out where the checkpoints were? The signs. There was a sign. You'd see it. You better hit it. They had big signs. You didn't miss them. There's funny as one year we was on the, it was in Nevada 1100, right? We went up to down, started Beatty and went down south of Las Vegas, back up east, east of there. And there was a, uh, road, and you go down through this Red Rock Canyon area. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been through there. Down there, come back up, and uh, got, we hit, I got in a place where bugs on windshield, couldn't see. So I stopped cleaning. The guy pulls in there. He had the same trouble. He was talking. He's, he, he's oh, it was a down trip down through Red Rock Canyon. So that's great, beautiful down there. <laughs> oh, we, we decided not to go that way. So you should have. There was a checkpoint down there. One guy started, the other guy, I told you. There was like, a big argument, and I left. <laughs> we got up to the next checkpoint. It was at a, at a Y in the road. Okay, so we're in the checkpoint. And from there, we went way up to, to Ely, Nevada, turned around and headed back down another road. The next checkpoint was the same one I left at the Y, coming the other direction. <laughs> same one. Uh, but every time you go in, they check your odometer before you go. And so they know how many miles you've been, so you can't shortcut anything. Right. So you go, do they tell you what road you got to go down? or No. No. Oh, yeah, they tell you the road. You got to stay on the route. Okay. You have to stay on the road. Otherwise, okay. you miss checkpoints like them guys did. There. But they tell you what route to take. To oh, yeah. It. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Three flags, they don't. Three flags, you say, go to that checkpoint by a certain time. Okay. Now, you're on your own there. You're going where you want now. So they just, just give you for, destination and... The 24-hour events, you know, they, they just say, here, you, here's the route. You stay on it. Okay. I was just trying to figure out how you knew how to find the checkpoints, that's all. Oh, the big signs. Okay. Yeah. Now, like the three flags, they tell you where the checkpoints were. Uh, down, you know, West Yellowstone, down to the other end of town. 
at the Shell Station, at the Mini Mart, something like that. But the, the other event, 24 hour events, now you didn't know. They give you a sheet along the way, you go get bonus legs, but you had to come right back to the route too, because you didn't dare go around it because you might miss a checkpoint. So they knew that. that's why they did that. So you had to ride the route. Okay. So you were going to do a minimum, you know, a thousand or 11, 1100 miles or, or, or 10 to 8. You're going to do that. You had to, to finish. So. Yeah. What do the bonus legs add to the, to the challenge? Points. Just points. Just points. Okay. You get so many points at finishing and like that. But the, I think one of the best ones, all of them, was the, the uh, Utah 1088. It was a fundraiser for the Make-A-Wish Foundation for the Utah Highway Patrol. Huh. Right? We raised a lot of money for them. And that was a group that 98% of the money they got went to the kids. The officers' wives did all the, the paper, or paperwork. The only thing you paid for was the papers, postage, and things like that. Great, great deal. So I, I like them. And at the start, the commercial division inspectors come out and inspected your bikes. Huh. If it didn't pass, you didn't go. <laughs> I'm telling you, they really knew how to check them over. They were very nice. And there was one guy that raised, what you said, $24,000. Well, the first year we raised totally. Well, it was raised over 24000 for him. And this big old country bumpkin officer was up there practically crying because nobody had ever given him that much money before. Hmm. Next year we gave him 42000 He didn't know what to say. We raised a lot of money for it, you know. And, and the other thing you said that Utah police told you what about the. Well, he's up there telling me, he says, you know, if we catch you speeding around town, you're going to get a ticket. <laughs> no question. Wait, on the open road, you. <laughs> you might turn another ear or another eye, you know what I'm saying? So I was down there in the middle of the night uh, on 70 out of uh, Monticello, Utah, headed west. I had, I had it wicked up pretty good. We was up there in the, above 80, put it that way, well above. And, uh, Seen two cars, headlights coming. And I had the radar detector turned on, you know. Nothing came on. It went by. It was two Utah Highway Patrol. <laughs> they knew it was on the bike. <laughs> they were less by. Yeah. They went they were by very you. Nice. It was a great organization, and I love the rides that we did for them. Nice. They still do it. Oh, yeah. I think they do. I don't know. I haven't read that in quite a few years. Now, you said you did a combination of the three flags and the four corners ride at the same time have you done other combos in the past uh, no yeah one of them is enough usually <laughs> well, you, like, that, you sneak a bun like burner in while you're doing something else <laughs> to do the four was on the three flags and george and i decided to throw the, the four corners in so we did that's funny i don't know what do you think john do you think you would like the the ones that are done on a specific day so instead of Getting your receipts and map it out, do the checkpoint style ride. I, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun to do. That'd be but fun to do I've as also, a group. Do what? That'd be fun to do as a group. Yeah, but you gotta be careful with that group. Tom has uh, has a philosophy that if every person you add to the group adds another ten minutes to your stops. Two can travel almost as fast as one because most gas stations you can find two pumps empty. You start getting more than that for every person. You better add anywhere from five to ten minutes at least. Because you know, one of them will have to get a different pump. He'll wait for your pump. He'll have to, one of them will have to get something to eat. One of them will have to call his wife. You know, it's just well, and I wasn't because I just had some friends. Yeah. George is one of them. Went up to Carson City, met up with some. Five of them left Carson City. No, five left Carson City. They met up with two of them down at Lake Vining and a couple down the way. So I ended up there was nine of them down there. From Carson City to Las Vegas is just about three hundred and sixty miles, something like that. Took mm-hmm. them eleven hours. 
because somebody had to have that hour and a half breakfast and somebody had to stop me have ice cream and you know oh it was, he says it was a jungle doesn't sound familiar does it rich yeah you can go ahead and send me their number we can ride together yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean if you're off on just a casual ride but you're not you know you got a you know 400 mile day or something like that you got to get with it a little bit yeah you, you got to get out george and i travel good together and we get in the morning we run a tank of fuel out before breakfast no. yeah now, if we had the auxiliary tank on, we'd probably only run in. we probably only run, you know, two thirty, two forty. If we had just the main tanks, we could get around one hundred and eighty. One hundred eighty. It was on breakfast a- time, and we'd run the rest of the day. And we had, you know, instead, of, uh, we all been there, you know, get into a town and try to find a motel, and you can't find one. Yeah. At around two o'clock, anytime we stopped around two, we figure, okay, where do we want to go now? How many more hours do we want to ride? Where will that put us? And we'd call there and get a motel waiting for us. You give you a checkpoint. At that point, give you a destination. Well, checkpoints maybe or something, wherever it was. You know, not all the checkpoints had motels around them. Yeah. Well, I just mean a checkpoint for the day, kind of like. Oh yeah. You yeah, know where you want to. want to. Yeah, we want to go another. Like coming home from from Key West. Okay, where we want to get tonight? Want to get? Oh yeah, I'll go up there. Let's get a motel. Like we did at uh, at Jack Daniels up there. We uh, we called ahead, had a motel waiting for us. Nice. That's what mm-hmm. we did Monday, John, leaving leaving Alabama. All right. So Rico and I headed back to Atlanta, uh, dropped Wendy off, and then we headed north. We wanted to get into the mountains, and we weren't quite sure how far we were going to get. Right. So when we got to where we figured we only got to ride a couple more hours, then we got the hotel, and that ended up being Murphy, North Carolina. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's. I, I kind of learned that this trip coming out, so I learned some lessons on this trip. But so. if you make one way ahead, yeah, and something's up, you can't get there. You're wore out. You're going to get there at ten at night. It's not worth it. Then you've already paid. You can't do that. You know, you push push yourself too much. Then, yeah. You know? So, John, you've learned to roll with it a little bit. I think is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, I've learned to have to make some changes in my. The plan of coming out here didn't exactly go as a hundred percent plan, so it kind of got changed a little bit. Mother Nature and yeah, played some fun times on us. Yeah, is that? It does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's the hail's the worst. I haven't had done that yet. Oh, that's fun. So what happened in Texas, John? What kind of storm was it that kept you there for a day? So there was a major storm that came across out of Dallas. So we could get there Monday afternoon and you know chad said hey there's a storm coming in you guys gonna hit rain we checked in it's windy and sure enough a storm comes in and he takes us around escorts us around on the truck that afternoon and then you know there's a storm coming in we figured it was going to move out that night and it didn't it kind of came in and the morning comes up and there's a big you know rain all across texas so um roger and jim didn't feel comfortable or didn't want to and i kind of agreed to wait it out a little bit didn't want to go ride through a red cell for multiple hours so right we kind of hung out and i thought the storm was going to be gone by midday but later we got towards checkout time it wasn't moving as fast so we actually stayed another night and then got up got up uh, the next morning and it was beautiful riding weather i mean it was beautiful um texas you think texas is warm nope I mean, we had a layer up. It was, we got an hour down the road and we had to stop to layer up because it was so cold. Amarillo? No, it was in, uh, it was before Wichita Falls. Oh, yeah. There was some little 
stop on the side of the road we stopped at on um, 287, and we stopped and put layers on. It was cold. Uh, what was the lowest it got down to? On the whole trip, about 43 degrees. Ooh. Considering it was 94 when you left Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we left it. I mean, to to kind of equate to what I've done coming over from. So we, we kind of met up, and we did it. That day was a 750 day, 750 miles. So we left Denton and went all the way to Gallup, New Mexico, and wow. did 750 miles that day. And um, met up with Jacob in New Mexico for dinner. Cool. Real nice guy. Cool. Hand off a shirt to him. And then we head off to Gallup, and, you know, Tom's talking about the thing. We figure, okay, we'll go to Gallup and get a room. We going to say, pulled in La Quinta Inn, go in. Oh, she sold out. Like, oh. So then we scrambled to find a room. So, I mean, we found one. Yeah. At next hotel I'd sleep in. And so it wasn't bad. And then we get up um Friday morning and uh no, that was Thursday morning. Get up Thursday morning and Jim said uh he wasn't feeling good, didn't sleep well that night, and didn't really sleep at all, and didn't feel comfortable doing another big day because we we're trying to make Lone Pine, California, which is over here on the other side of Death Valley. Yeah. So you shortened and, that uh, day a little bit? Well, we, we what we decided to do was we were going to shorten it. Yeah, we shortened it up and said, well, we're going to ride what you're going to ride. So let you get some time to rest. And Roger did laundry. We ate breakfast. And then we got on the, the road about 830. But when we got on the road, it started to rain. So <laughs> oh, it drizzled. So so we got on the road. It was cold. It was drizzling. So we, we booked it along and ran in and out of rain showers all morning. And then we get to... The decision was, well, we'll stop in Grand Canyon, go see Grand Canyon. Well, we'll get off in Williams, go up to the gas station, and uh, we get all done, get gas, and start looking at the radar and everything, and talk with Jim and Roger, and it's like, it's foggy, it's cloudy. And Jim's like, well, it's a canyon, though. Part of rides to look at the canyons. <laughs> and it's cloudy and foggy. You see much. You're not going to see anything. I said, okay, let's keep going then. So we continue on to Kingman, Arizona, got to Kingman, and then it was mid-morning or mid-afternoon and said, well, let's continue on. So we ended up in Vegas. So, nice. And uh, got in a hotel there and checked in, and we used your Uber Eats, Rich. I saw that, and you burned your mouth, <laughs> it looks like. Oh, yeah, man. That, that, that stuff was a little warm. Oof. I like to add that. Well, mm. I'll have to find the name of the place, and next time you go back okay. to Vegas, and I'll, yeah. I'll find you the name. Going, going back going, going in a week, so yeah, I'll find your name here in the next week. Okay. So then Friday morning, I decided that I was trying to make it out here to Walnut Creek. So I decided to split off from Jim and Roger because they were going to go up to Reno, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to take off and get going." Right. So I pulled off about six o'clock because breakfast wasn't at the hotel until six thirty. As well, I don't want to wait around till seven. I want to get going. Hmm. So I booked up the highway and I went through Death Valley. So drove through Death Valley, which was pretty cool. You need to do it. It's really cool to see what the country has to offer and see and everything. Yeah, I meant to ask you just overall. Like, I know you had the trip planned out pretty tight, but are you you enjoying yourself? You seeing some sights along the way? It sounds like you are a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, I was, yeah, I've seen sights as I'm going down the road. I mean, it's pretty awesome to see. You don't have to, you know, it's kind of cool to see all this stuff and the scenery changing all the time. Scenery changing and. I mean, the biggest thing I have to say, you know, I didn't realize that Flagstaff, Albuquerque was high desert. I mean, Flagstaff is up 7,000 feet in elevation. I had no idea. I thought it was 
low. <laughs> and I'm like, and Tom's over here, no, it's not. It's not. So Death Valley, best time to do it to there is like November, December, because the flowers are blooming. It's beautiful down at that time of year. Yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting. I mean, that day I went from in the 40 degrees all the way to almost 90 degrees in one day. What time? And what time did you go through Death Valley? Was it morning? Mid-morning. And was it, what so, was the temperature? Uh, when I got down in the lower part, it was upper 80s. Oh, it was cool. Yeah. I've been there. It's been 115. Yeah. So, and what's interesting is, I mean, you go into the valley, you're up, you start off, I think, a couple thousand feet up, two, three thousand feet. Yeah, Beatty. Yeah, you're up there, yeah, probably around 18. Yeah, and then you got an 18 mile, no, I think it's 13 miles de- um, decline. Down in the hole. And down into the valley. And when you get down in there, you, I was almost at negative 200 feet. <laughs> and it's hot. And it's hot. And so, the hole, yeah, and it's hot. Yep, and then you climb back out of it, and there's real interesting. The sign says, don't use your air conditioning for the next 20 miles. So yeah, it was overheat. Yeah. Overheat and everything, getting out of the valley and stuff. I mean, it was cool. And then um, when I got out of there, the next day I went, I went up, continued up north, and I went to um, um, went through Yosemite. And Yosemite, I this is another thing I didn't realize. It was so high there. I thought it was lower. <laughs> and I was up. And I and I called Tom and I'm like, hey, I'm here. And he you know, says, I says it's cold. He goes, well, you better bundle up. You're going to get colder. I'm like, all you right. You hadn't got to Tioga Pass yet, which yeah. is ten thousand feet. Yeah, we got to Tioga Pass, which is ten thousand feet. Get up there and bikes reading forty eight degrees. I'm like, oh, well, I see what he means. This mesh jacket's not working out right now. I was on that eleven uh, Cal twenty four hour when you're going through Bridgeport in June. Got there in the morning. It was twenty nine degrees. Hmm. Yeah, it's you know it's California, but it's this state can go from you know you know forty thirty below up at Truckee to you know yeah. one hundred and seven degrees down at Death Valley. Yeah, so I mean it was so I went through Yosemite. It was it's awesome to see. It's uh, one of my worst fears of riding a bike. Even in the car, I was looking over the side of the cliff. There's no guardrail, and all she sees nothing. <laughs> so I had a few of those, and Tom's over here oh, laughing yeah. at me. You know, I then we go past many times. Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about, and then. You know, as we know that California earlier this year had fires, got to see the fire damage, which is devastating to see. And hmm. well, you, so. you you mentioned gear. It's that's a good question for Tom. What do you what does your gear look like when you do one of your long rides? You, I'm assuming layers and number. No, believe it or not, I wore at at a long sleeve t shirt on with a it was an electric jacket, Gerbing. Oh, Gerbing, Gerbing complete jacket. Yeah. It's all I ever had. I don't care how cold it got or how warm that I wore that. Huh. If it got too warm, you just turn the electricity off and open, open some of the, the zippers up. But the reason you wore the short sleeve or long sleeve t shirt under it was that you put too many layers on, the heat's got to go through all that. That's right. Yeah. Without that, the heat's right on your body. And it's around your neck, your arms, everything. And it was great. And the bike had heated grips on, so that's all you really need. Yeah. Well, I don't have heated grips. I have, I have heated glove liners. You know that, yeah. Well, I had heated grips. <laughs> so so Worked. so far excuse me so far john you've you've been prepared you haven't been caught out where you found you needed anything more gear wise no no i've been pretty good gear wise it's been interesting though i mean riding through the rain and everything else coming through in the cold you know it's coming across you know yosemite and stuff coming back down into california i mean by the time i got down into oakdale it was upper 90s or upper 80s and i had a another hour and a half and so I had to 
change out, you know, I had to take off my windbreaker liner off the jacket and change my gloves out so I would be a little cooler. But yeah, otherwise it's been pretty good. All right, I have another topic for Tom. <laughs> yeah. Roadside repairs. What's what's the most involved roadside repair you've had to do? On the side of the road? Yeah. Not on mine, and my buddy's going. <laughs> Fuel pumping out. That's it. That's as exotic the, as it gets. In the boondocks of Oregon. Well, we pu- pulled into a little, we happened to get right, it was acting up. It quit. We coasted into a gas station. It's a little junction. We thought it was a fuel pump, and he had a little 12 volt pump, you know, used for you know, garden equipment. So, yes, we bought that. Bike fired up, ran good. <laughs> so, about 10 miles down the road, boom, I had enough of that. So, we, we moved fuel lines, we moved it around, and wired it direct into the, the keys so would come on with it and set it up, and we got him back, back home with it. Nice. The only thing I had, the biggest thing I had in the BMW was the, uh, when that thermostat froze up. And the, and the local BMW told him what happened. He said, oh, that can't be. So it is. I tried it, boiled it in water. It wouldn't open. Went in the shelf and got one off. He had one. The plastic was all yellow. It sat there in the shelf for so long because they'd never sold one. <laughs> he said, it's the first time they ever heard that happen in a bike. They're like, those things don't go bad. Thanks. Yeah, that's right. Well, one did. Well, did you pull it out, show it to him, and have him test it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I told him what I did. They, they believed me. They, I knew him down there. Yeah. yeah. They did the same. They were a Kawasaki BMW dealer, and they did all the service work on our police bikes. Okay. So I knew him real well. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been very lucky. Uh, when I was at Lynchburg, Tennessee, I had to plug a tire on my bike. So I plugged it, and I couldn't find one like I wanted until Wichita, Kansas, so. When I got there, we replaced it. Yeah. <laughs> now, the dealer was so nice. He let us, I, he said, I, I can I take it off in your yard? He said, oh, yeah, take it over, bring it in, we'll mount it up and everything for you, which they did. Nice. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Now, I'm not sure if you want to go down this path of talking about how you wrecked your gold wing. Oh, oh this is interesting. <laughs> I had a tire put on the local local Honda dealer, run road the three flags, and when I get back, I always inspect the bike, always. So I got to notice that the tire was mounted in the wrong direction on the rear tire. Huh. Okay. Not knowing difference of tires. All I did is reverse it. That is a definite note. Because I was coming back on this road where we local road we over here and uh, went into a left-hander and the bike went into wild, into a high speed or not high speed. I was running about 62, 64. There were some guys behind me on bikes. I don't know where they said it's what it's going. That's probably about right. It was 55, so I was probably running 62, 63. Got in the wobble and threw me off. I uh, I happened to wake up about six and a half weeks later. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a big one. I thought it was you got done with the four corners one. No, no. I got back home. I was here. So, wait. Okay. So, you had yep. the, so the tire was mounted backwards, and you yep. just broke it down off the wheel and, and spun what it around. What happens? Yeah. What happens? And I talked to a guy at Michelin, but he said he would never, never tell me. He'd never go to court with me to say this because he worked for Michelin. Of course. When you mount a tire backwards, the blocks on there, or when you wear it, run it first, the blocks wear where one edge will be rounded and one edge will be sharp. Be sharp, yeah. We turn around, it affects the bike and it will send it into a wobble. No kidding. Never reverse the tire. It's been ridden never, just as I learned the hard way. Keep riding it or just take it off. Huh? I said either keep riding it or just take it off. Either way. That's right. Exactly. 
Huh. And, I, and I know that you ended up six weeks later, and I know you were in hospital. Oh, yeah. Rehab. And all rehab, stuff. and they said you never walk again. Oh, yeah. I told my wife I'd never live. Twice. Then they told me I'd never walk again. And, and I told the doctor, don't tell me what I can't do. Tell me how to do it. <laughs> and then I, and these are stories I know from all this time, and it's pretty amazing to see him sitting here today and went For back sure. riding, and you went home in a wheelchair, if I remember. Oh, absolutely. Correctly. Couldn't walk. And I you, went to a special rehab with Kaiser up there. Uh, it, I went up there for six weeks, twice twice during the week, hour and a half each day. And then I knew I couldn't hold a regular bike up, so that's when I went and bought the bike with the sidecar. <laughs> nice. How many weeks was it from, from when you got out until you rode again? How long was it? I bought the bike, and the accident was in October of 86. Okay. January, middle of January 87 is when I bought the, the gold wing of the sidecar. Went back to work in March of 87. Mm-hmm. And I had an, already had an entry to send in for the three flags that year. So I went with the sidecar. <laughs> That's my experience. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd do it again or not, but hey, I got to go. Yeah. And I know that when you got home, if I remember the story correctly, you got home, had a wheelchair, hit your foot one too many times. Well, I was it? No, I was in the house. No. Yeah. And she come home and I'm sitting in the couch watching TV. She says, well, what are you doing? So look like I'm sitting there watching TV. <laughs> Where's the wheelchair? I says, damn thing's in the other room. I'm never going to use it again. What do you mean? Well, I was going through the doorways and I skinned my knuckles, bleeding. So that didn't happen again. <laughs> never used it. Got rid of that thing. So, I, yeah, it was an experience. I, my worst feeling is the whole thing is what to put three, three to through. And that's, you know, I just feel horrible about that. But hey, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, with us, you know, as riders, we think about it all the time, and yeah. it's really probably harder. The thing I ever did get family. well, the doctor told me, go ride a bicycle. <laughs> and I started riding a bicycle. I went back to work. I had a bike in my office. I'd go out nights and ride it. And there, when I finally built up to the max, I was riding three nights a week, 24 miles, and two nights after work, 36 miles. Nice. And that was my rehab machine. Very nice. Stationary bike or regular bicycle? Bicycle. Bike? Pedal job. Okay. Yeah. So all the ones you're yelling at out here? Huh? All the ones you're yelling at out here while oh, you're yeah, driving? All around, <laughs> on the creek. Yeah, the ones you're yelling at while you're driving today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not out here. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it was a great rehab machine. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You, know, uh, you can't look back. Yeah, I just thought that story, you know, I've always wanted to share that story with people. Yeah. For listeners. Yeah. Like the doctor said, well, you can't do this, can't do that. I said, don't tell me what I can't do. Tell me how to do it. I am kind of hard-headed. Don't know where that comes from. Yeah, yeah. you know where it comes from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not down the trait line at all. No. <laughs> Somewhere back there was a connection, wasn't there, John? There was. Yeah. <laughs> must have been. Must see, have been... see John, John's dad and my dad were half-brothers. Yeah. That was the connection, so. Yeah. So they had the same mom. The same mom. That's correct. And she was stubborn, to my knowledge. Oh, Thelma? <laughs> yeah. Stubborn. You didn't hear the story where we was over at the, one of the cousins' house. Dan. Remember Dan Mente? Dan lived in, over in Corning. Okay. We were there for a big dinner right there. And I can, I can still see this. And I was only about maybe five years old. My dad did something. He reached across, grabbed something that's under the table, right across my grandmother's plate, his mom, right? Right across it. She took a fork and drove it right in his arm, drew blood. She said, don't you ever reach. You have a mouth. I don't believe that one. Oh, yeah. Drove right in his arm. <laughs> Blood gushing out of it, you know? Yeah, I never. I I was born a year after she. I was born in 75, and she died in 76. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, I knew her quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she drove that fork right in his arm. You got a mouth, don't you ever reach. Uh, but that's just a family story, you know. Let's take a moment to recognize the people who continue to make this show possible. And we do that by thanking the writers of Loud Pipes for their continued support. First five, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. Slack pack is Chuck, Nobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and Squatchy Pete. Barbershop is Chad, Stephen, and Jacob. And we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, James, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, Sean, and Tony make up the riders group. And Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, and Jared are the insiders. Becoming a member of this group is easy. Just visit loudpipes.net slash donate and check out all that we have to offer. John pro- probably has the inside inside Iggy on all this stuff. You got any good ones you want to pull out, John? God, I don't know. What Instead else of having me just fish around for it. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, some, I, had, I had a lot of fun when I ran them timed events. A lot of fun. But after we got older, my buddy George, we got more fun out of just taking off and going and seeing things. Right. Not in any, like I said, two o'clock in the afternoon, we call and get a motel. We usually would have a destination, but n- never maybe happened to be there at a certain time. Go enjoy the countryside. Go look at things. Yeah. You know, and, you know smell the air, smell the roses. Yeah. And then time, you know, 24 hour, 36 hour events, you're just bombing it. it. I mean, it's fun. And I would never criticize. I had a great time on the events. Go out and smell the roses a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I know I'm burning it up and more, I think, Rich, your idea on this would take more time coming across and see more, but I am seeing a lot and, you know, it is good to start heading home and change your plans and yeah, and you got flexible. I think that's why I learned this trip and you got to watch the weather forecast. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I do miss riding a bike. Absolutely. But, you know, as you get older, you find more things you like to do. You know, you really do. I mean. Uh, I really I love fishing. Uh, we used to go to Hawaii two and three times a year for the big fish. Uh, been over we were a couple of years again, but we got a travel trailer now a new one. The wife and I have been using that. It's just things you know, you you, you get such things you like to do a lot, but you can't do it all. Yeah, you you really love drag racing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you familiar with drag racing, Rich? A little bit. I'd I'd love to go see see it live. They have the. Yeah, well, yeah, the four wide. Like they were 12 NHRA events with the Pro Modifieds, which are all different kinds of body styles, all different engine configurations. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to work on one for years, Pro Modified. It was a uh, 57 Thunderbird with a, uh, at the end, we had a 526 inch Brad Anderson on alcohol, 1271 blower on it, putting around around 3,000 horsepower. <laughs> a lot of fun working on it. John's seen pictures of it. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of fun. We went all the way. I mean, I, that car, I, I've been to Vegas, Pomona, mm-hmm. Bakersfield, Boise, Idaho, Billings, Montana. You know, we had a lot of fun with that car. He was actually my shop leadman when I worked. So I, you know, I helped him out nice in the car because he lived in Concord then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fun. You know, we enjoy, my wife enjoys it. So we go on every year, end of October to uh, uh, Vegas. Yep. And I'm like John, I'm a big hockey fan too. We got to get Tom out here for the four wide nationals at Charlotte. They run four wides in Vegas now too, you know. Oh, do they? The, the April event, not the, the not the October one. Right. In Just the like they went there. So well, maybe they may go somewhere in April. But uh, 
Now, are you a big hockey nut like John? No. Nah. I don't really watch many sports at all. No. <laughs> I coached hockey, youth hockey for years, and I played hockey. Played hockey until I was 63 years old. I actually played on the same team as my son. Nice. So I love that sport. I mean, there's so many damn things to do. You know, you want to go this, go here, go there. Can't do it all. Yeah. There's too many yeah. things I want to do. That's the problem. That's That's it. All right. Now, so with, I was just gonna say one more thing. With so, if you get a spider, you're gonna do some crazy miles on it, or are you gonna take your time now? Isn't that what they're for? Well, that seems to be the pace. When well, you're going to Harley, you put it in the garage and polish it. You get a spider, you got to go ride. Well, yeah, you have to put it in the garage and polish it because otherwise, it's too painful to ride. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Right, the new ones are better. But I tell you what, when we had them at the at the PD. That was yeah. responsible maintenance on. Things the most expensive thing to maintain. The only thing that was more expensive to maintain than that was a police car and a street sweeper <laughs> per mile. I'm going per mile. We, we, we had it all computer based, so they could tell you right to the tenth of a cent what it cost to maintain these vehicles. That's fuel maintenance, everything. And uh, yeah, them Harleys or something else. Uh, but we're ahead officers, of street sweepers. You know, officers only ride Harleys for one reason ego. It's yeah. the ego they ride Harleys. They're not a performance bike, you know. They're working on it. So, they're working on it. Well, like, you know, they're, they're only 50 years behind. You know, the motor they got still a knife and fork, like they built it in the 20s. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, Rich. Yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I don't know what you're I mean, talking about, John. I ride anybody anybody rides them? I got good for you. It's a motorcycle. Have fun. Go ride it. And I'm all for you riding it. Yeah. It's just not for the type of riding that I do. Now, we had guys riding the three flags and guys ridden the. The you know, four corners with them and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know. It's just you know, I know a lot of our officers used to get sick because I idle around town a lot. That windshield is vibrating so much it give them headaches. Looking through it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still okay. like to ride mine. It's just not a. It's a soft tail. It's not a long distance. Right, you said bike. you have a Harley. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, well, it's okay. Take the passion. I'm okay. I'm going the other way now. I have. He asked me my opinion. I know, right? Yeah. I got a sport bike now, and I'm really enjoying that. He had that Yamaha, John said, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, yeah, R6. R6, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're fun. Yeah. Oh, it's just, just got an oil leak again. Yeah. I think it was a Harley? <laughs> no. You didn't tell me what you did to Harley people. Oh. <laughs> we used to, there were some Harley people that just had them egos, you know, that just, you know, wouldn't give you the time of day, just jerks. And, uh, oh, I got that rings up. This. So we'd go in the parking lot, we'd put a little oil under their bike at night. <laughs> right. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best, huh? I have a, it's a gas powered blender. Oh, it's oh. got, it's got a, oh. uh, it's got a homemade, uh, a, uh, I'm sorry, home light weed whip motor on it. And it's all Oster on the top. Like, just like a jug in there, you know, yeah. and you blend it. And I got to send John home pictures with it. So we took it up the one time to Penticton and we got this all planned. There's four of us, right? So we, uh, we sit there, you know, we get, we pull in the parking lot. Everybody agreed to, hey, congratulations on finishing, blah, blah. And guys, we knew, you know. Nobody, Mike Smith, he acts up a little bit and he says, you know, Tom, I need a drink bad. One guy saw him, he go in the, in the hotel lobby in order to the side where Mike said, I can't wait that long. These guys are looking, what's the matter with this guy? And I said, well, Mike, I understand. What would you like? He says, I, you know, I, got the, I got the blender in the back of the bike with a cover over it, right? <laughs> Nobody knows what it is. I said, what would you like, Mike? He said, uh, I'd like a margarita. Okay, you can do that. Now, people are going to try to get gathered around now, see what the hell this goofy guy is going to do here, right? So I get the blender, 
put some ice in it and somebody, I forget who, I think I might've had the tequila and somebody's got the mix. Now they think we're going to shake it. So I take and I take the cover off the bike. Now on the, on the motor, on the blender, I got a BMW emblem on it. Right? <laughs> Guy looks at me and says, oh, well, blank me. He says, I thought them gold wings had everything. Right. <laughs> so we proceeded to get most of the parking lot drunk, including myself and George. We were down so we drinking so much out there. The bar manager came out, was giving us free mix, and she was out in the parking lot drinking with us. Nice. <laughs> so right shortly after we got there, here comes this one guy, Harley Ryder, who was he was kind of a jerk. We'd seen him before and we knew what it was. Come over and try to get a drink. Yeah, we'll give you one. Give him margarita. He looks at where'd you get that blender? It's got the local BMW dealer. Oh, okay. Didn't say much more. So uh, we had a good time there. So yeah. <laughs> The uh, next day they had the parade. They took a picture of it there, and it was on the front page of the newspaper. Ten tickets. But the next year, we're in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Here come the guy on the Harley. Uh-oh. He looked me. I don't know where the blank you got that thing. I've been to every BMW dealer. Nobody's ever heard of it. <laughs> My buddy George had to turn away. He, he he couldn't stand laughing. BMW didn't sell them, <laughs> but he'd been to every dealer insistent they did because he seen one. <laughs> oh. You had to picture it. It was fun. That year, I got interviewed on the TV about it, too, up in Moose Jaw. Yeah, been- I, I think I've seen it out there. I think I... Yeah, it's in the creed out there. I just yeah, got the back to Klamath River with it. Yeah, I saw the little handles, the handles oh, it on it. It's like a like motorcycle throttle on it runs it. Nice. Oh, yeah. I'm to make a drink before you leave, John. Yeah? No, no, no. I'm good. Just set up. Roger, you take a picture of it in the morning, too, if you want to. All right. Or I can tell you pictures I got. Yeah, yeah. so many pictures you got. Okay. All right. But it was, yeah, we had a lot of fun. There's a lot of, lot. you know, I could go on all night telling you about stuff on our, our motorcycle trips. Well, I like the the Harley trick. That's kind of funny. Just putting a little oil under there. Oh, yeah. 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 Especially if you can find dirty oil. Clean oil don't work for well. Dirty oil is just got to go. Yeah. Oh, these guys man. Down there, Harley's never leaked. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> we had that blender up at Penticton. They have a big banquet. You know, in there, all these banquet tables out there. We took the blender and set it right in the middle of the table. Everybody's come by laughing about it, right? Yeah. Well, somebody, you know, of course, I had a few drinks. Somebody said, I bet you won't fire it up in here. We fired up inside the banquet plate. We didn't mix anything, we just fired it up and and turned it off. Boy, they come running. What the hell's going on? Oh, yeah. Tails. We had a lot of fun. Going to get booted. No, no. What? Bank was over. Oh, the other story. Tell me what you did when you're running here when you're hot, what you did at the hotels. Oh, you get down in Arizona, you know, 112, 115 degrees. It's hot. You're hot. So we, and of course, you know, we get all our wallets and stuff are in the bike. So we go up there next to a hotel, take our boots off and go walk into the swimming pool. <laughs> Soaking wet. And of course, they throw you out, you know, come out there yelling, hollering, screaming. We're all wet. Get back in the bike, you know, an hour later till you get dried off again. You're nice and cool. <laughs> That's my strategy when it rains, too. Oh, yeah. Just and let it go. We went to Lake Havasu one year. Said said the beach was closed while we owned it. We went in the water and got, got cooled off. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's you know when you're right enough. I mean, you got stories and you have a lot of fun. You know. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know. Don't. I mean, some people take these. You know, one of the reasons I quit riding endurance events. It got to a point where it was all out race for everybody instead of having fun. Yeah. Too serious. And I, and I, you know, I like to wick it up a little bit myself and have fun, but. I'm not going to go out there, you know, or a point where I'm crashing, you know, and we had the point where people were crashing. You know, it just, it's no fun. It takes the fun out of it. Yeah, you had that one event that you got uh, penalized and the other guy didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a Cal 24. I never rode one again. 
Yeah. A lot of politics and some things in California. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't trade the experiences I've had in the motorcycle for nothing except the accident. That's it. Other than that, yeah. Right. So, Very other nice. than that, heck of a lifestyle. You do much camping off the bike or mostly motels and stuff? Oh, there was a lot of Three Flags events when my buddy John was alive and rode with him. We'd have a sleeping bag. You don't know how many times we slept next to a field and listened to coyotes bark all night. <laughs> and ran across the big gas station. We'd go have a, have a you know, microwave burrito for dinner. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. My buddy George, he's not for sleeping on the ground like that. He don't like that. Uh, but, it, you know, I mean, it's just, you know. There was one year that uh, we started down in Mexicali. And it was going to Kamloops, British Columbia. It was a four-day event. Well, John and I went down there and pulled our usual deal. We, and they were starting 10 o'clock that night. So we hung around the hotel. We were going to leave there and go down to the local park, sack off for a while. Well, it was so hot. Went back and got a room that evening. Overslept. So we went pulling into the the start. We was on time. We got started. We felt pretty good. We were pretty fresh. We went all the way up to northern Arizona. There was a rest area there. We threw the sleeping bags down again, and we took off. We passed a lot of bikes that day. And we were the, we got to Kamloops at the end. We were the, I think we're ninth and tenth ones in of everybody. Now they had some guys that ride that thing straight through. The guy that started was a guy named Joe Usatin, a guy named Chris White from up in Canada, and Gordy Marsden. These guys are bombing every year. Hmm. You know, they barely slept at all. But then the events, the assortment of bikes like you've never seen. I first read about the Three Flags in a writer magazine in probably very early, no, late 1991. There's something about these guys went to Canada and they told about this Gary crazy guy named, named Stanley Asamwagmi or something like that, some Mexican name, right? <laughs> so tell anybody. Okay. Guys, so I went to work and told a bunch of guys that how fun this would be to ride that. This is the first long distance event I ever rode. How much fun it would be? Well, the six guys, three of us went. We went down to Tijuana. We met Stanley. He's on about a 1951 or 52 Panhead Harley hardtail. And he's going to ride all the way to Canada. Now, he had a sissy bar on it. And on this sissy bar was uh, like three or four Prestone bottles. So I knew he had a small gas tank. So I asked him, Stanley, I got talking. And I said, no, oh, you brought plenty of gas. He said, no, no, that's oil. It leaks a little bit. <laughs> Imagine riding a hardtail all the way from, from Mexico to Canada. Ah, uh, no. I was he was a hardtail, and his wife rode with him. Wow. And then the, some of the bikes we seen there was one guy one year showed up there. He had a trailer tank on it called the Bonsai Tanker, fifty gallon fuel tank. Behind and he the had bike. A big old bucket of Colonel Fried Chicken right there where his tank bag was. He was going to Canada, right? Wow. He passed him in Idaho. <laughs> No, I mean, another guy, one year, he shows up in the back of his bike. He's got a case of oil. He's, by God, he changes oil every thousand miles. He's going to change it every thousand miles in that trip. What are you going to do? So I just pull the side road and dump it there and put new in. What? Oh, you just don't know the number of characters you meet in these events. It's it's fantastic. Nice people. Some goofier than heck, but hey, fun. Well, given, given your part of the world, do you ever go down and watch Baja? No. Like the off-road racing? Nope. Now, have you ever heard of a guy that runs that named Scott Dunleavy? Was he a motorcycle rider? He's a motorcycle rider. He's ridden yeah. that. He's ridden Pikes Peak. Yeah. He owns the Yamaha dealer down here in uh, Berkeley. 
And one of the guys, at the fleet manager at Ford, where I worked part-time, he knew Scott real well. So I've met Scott a few times, talked to him, but nice. uh, he was big on that Baja run down there. Pikes Peak is another one. I'd like to go see that. Oh, I've seen that three times. Have you ridden the, the road as well? Been, been to the top. Nice. Now, that's a, that's a scary one for you, John. No guardrails. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll now, pass. Now, when you come down, you come into an area called Glen Cove. <laughs> you can actually camp. You camp on that mountain night before the race. That's the only night you can camp on that mountain. Hmm. And uh, we always stayed at Glen Cove. But you can't take any campers up there. You take a sleep bag and you throw it down. That's all. No motorhomes, nothing allowed because it's so steep. And when you're coming down, they stop you at, at Glen Cove and they use one of them infrared thermometers to check your brake temperature. Uh, but so a certain amount, you don't go down until they cool off. Hmm. But the first year, once you park your bike right in the inside of a corner where the cars go up, so you're right there and you sit inside the mountain and watch it. Crazy. One year we were up there and it, it had hailed up at uh, Devil's Playground. And uh, some cars still go up the mountain on you know, hail. Unbelievable. The bikes and everything. Oh, insane. Some crazy people. Crazy. Yeah. Well, now you have the the electric bikes that do it, and they have to have that stupid siren on them so you can hear oh, them. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. annoying. Yeah, electrics, I guess they, electrics, I think, won the motorcycle division this year. I don't think they were first overall, were they? No, some guy with a, well, an electric car it was the fastest. Volkswagen had an electric vehicle up there, electric four-wheel drive one. Mm-hmm. They broke the all-time record. They went up there in under, under nine minutes. Score everybody tried to get under ten was the big deal, you know. Mm. That is now they, the pack, the top of the road's almost all paved now. Where it didn't used to be, used to be dirt the whole way. Now it's it's paved most of it. Well, I guess that's probably better, at least for the raising. Well, I don't know. No, but every every car going up there and every vehicle has a uh, helicopter following it in case it goes off. Yeah, I've seen a couple guys go off on the inside corners. Uh, I didn't see the one go off up on top. Above Glen Cove, he went off and rolled down the hill. He was in a twin-engine Volkswagen, rolled down the hill and slammed that. And luckily, he was in the section that the rock held up. The other two sections went on down the mountain about another two thousand feet. Wow! Oh, it's you ever been there, at Pikes Peak? I have not. No, I've never been to the West Coast except for I spent a little time in San Diego and San Fran, but like twenty years ago. Yeah, come on here again. I need to. I need to take the kind of trip that John's doing, but I have to yes, get a different do. bike first. <laughs> well, yeah, I, that, that, that Yamaha wouldn't be real comfortable making that. I need a different bike or a lot more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'm I'm good for fewer four runs. corners. Everybody, we were both working, so we sit there. And we went down on a weekend to San Ysidro and did the first corner. Came back on Sunday. I, we worked for four days. Back to work. We left uh, Thursday night. I think we left out of here and headed up head up towards uh, Blaine, Washington. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy putting it on, we were supposed to mail stuff in. He got the stuff in the sheet and couldn't figure out where the heck we were. He didn't get anything from us. We thought we'd crashed or something. Didn't know. And then we finally sent him one. <laughs> Working. <laughs> <laughs> Busy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, good stuff. And the time we could get off work, going to that corner, we could get that one done on a weekend. So we took off another, I think we took almost three weeks off. We finished it in that. Yeah, yeah. I think I would need, I would want three weeks if I'm going to go to the coast and back. Depends how much time you want to stay here. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, once I get there, I want to hang out a little bit. 
Yeah, there's so much I mean, motorcycle stuff to see. Not too much trouble in three days. If I had a gold wing. <laughs> uh, it's a beamer. <laughs> yeah. There's one beamer I like, but well, it's, it's not. One of the buddies that, that, that we know, he had a he had a couple of the sportier BMWs, sport, sporting ones. He just went and got a new Triumph. He bought that thing a special deal. He paid like almost half or a little over half what George paid for his gold wing. Had the same warranty, got the same stuff on it. Loves that bike. It's the Triumph Trophy. Yeah. Absolutely loves that bike. They still make that one? Oh, yeah. Just got to get a brand new one. Well, he bought it last year when the 18s are up. They had a brand new 17 there. I think he got it out the door for like 17 grand or something like that. It was a steal. He bought that. He was looking at at the Beamer. That came up and he bought that. So he's thrilled. There's There's a dealer over Modesto that has BMW. The Triumphs, mm-hmm. Can Amps over there, right? And, and they they got some pretty good ones over there. So that's where they get all their bikes. He bought it over there, and he serviced it over there, and everything. So yeah, that's pretty nice. I'm trying to find it. Triumph I It's in Modesto. I forget the name of the place. I've been there only twice. Yeah, I was looking at stopping there for tires, but I got tires before I came out. So oh, did you? Okay, yeah, I did all my tires. I had everything yeah. done back home. So. It's like 2016 was the last model year. Okay. Which one? The trophy. The trophy. He bought a 17. They were selling 18s. And maybe it's not the trophy. Actually, no, wait. There is a model year 18. Yeah. yeah he bought a 17. They had the 18. So why did it take me to the 18? Yeah. He right. loves the bike. Yeah. Plenty of power and everything. He used to race bikes. Yeah. He showed me a picture while back in early when he's racing out here. He was on a 750 Widowmaker, <laughs> if you know what that is. No. It's that was a 750 two-stroke that Yamaha made. Oh, yes, like yes. I did hear about those. Yep, yep. 750 Widowmaker, yeah. I never rode one. After I heard some of the stories. I didn't want to ever ride one. They say, you know, you take off with it, and that thing comes on the pipes. It's almost like another whole engine throws you off the bike. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, he had pictures of that. So he had a lot of sport. He used to club race some of, the, some of his uh, BMWs up here and stuff. There's a whole movie about that that era in MotoGP. I think it's called The Unridables. Those I real switchy two-stroke bikes. One I remember is on Any Sunday, which was a, you know, that off-road bike with Steve McQueen and all them guys. That was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was called the Unridables, and it was just the era of bikes where like they had like razor thin margin of error for the handling, the way they were pushing them. And, oh yeah, it didn't handle much at all. Yeah, yeah, but they had power that was unbelievable for its era. See, I got me on the Triumph site looking around because <laughs> I, I like yeah, sport, what? I like a sport touring bike, so that's what sport I sport touring. Yeah, that's that's yeah. when I had K100 was a sport tour. Yeah, yeah, that it leaned. More towards the touring side than the sport than that the RS, which is more towards the sport side. Right. BMW did. I like the new RT as well. That looks nice. The the R, well, it's 1250 now. R1250 RT. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Pose Twin. Yep. Yeah. They're up to like 120 horse now, I think. Yeah, this last little revision, I think it's like 125 or so. Same color. Mm. But, yeah, it's a... You know, there's quite an assortment out there. And there's no one one bike made for everybody. Guarantee it. 
It's not even close. No. And as, as cramped and uncomfortable as it is to ride the R6, it's really not that far off from being being much more comfortable. I mean, if the pegs yeah. were down an inch or two and the bars were up an inch or two, yeah, ride that thing forever. I had a, one of the friend of mine up in Canada had a, uh, uh, let's see, what was it? VFR 750 Canadian version mm. with the gear-driven cams. You can only get the chain-driven cams in the United States at that point. And I up there and I rode that thing up at one time. What a yeah. rocket ship, man. Yeah, the, the trophy was discontinued in 2017. It was the last year they made it. Well, he got a 17, and they yeah. had a new one on the, on the lot. Right. 18, yeah. I thought. No. No? I'll have to ask Mike about that. On the site, yeah. they have the yeah. trophy. Okay. has been discontinued. Yeah. Huh. I know he got that. Yeah, I, I thought he got one year older, but I'll check and see. The Mike, Mike's one of these guys. Well, who knows? So, well, he could have got, got a new one, but it might have been on the lot. No, this one they had left stopped. Over. Yeah, yeah so it was probably left over that they're trying to get rid of. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, you can still find model year 15 and 16 bikes laying around brand new. Yeah, if you're lucky enough. There's a place by me that has a couple of those. I think they may have sold them now, but the Moto Guzzi Norge. Oh, yeah. They had, two, they had two of them. Uh, one was in brown. I think one was white. And they were at least there in the spring and they were like 2015 brand new bikes and never been, <laughs> never been titled. Yeah. The first year it went in the three flags, 82. One of the guys went with us had a Moto Guzzi 1000 police bike hmm. and the automatic with a two speed in it. Like, and we had, it was a police bike in Walnut Creek and we sold it, went to auction and he bought it from the auction. He rode that thing. <laughs> Oh, there's some stories on that one. <laughs> we we stopped side road a few times of that one. Well, I get a match. Well, Johnny John. Yes, sir. Are we gonna play the eight days a week? I know Tom only wants one bike, but Yeah. Me. Well he needs he needs three things. Three things? Three things. All the only thing he wants. Well maybe before. What's that? So he's still gonna well, still gonna play? Because I we got thanks. Well he needs a Ford truck. No, I know I got one. I got a 2017 truck. I don't need a new one of them. All right. One thing he needs is a spider. That's right. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> Game over. Start me GoFundMe page, say. <laughs> I need a spider. Yeah. yeah. Now, which one you want? You want the big Darty? Yeah, I haven't signed yet. I'll look around. When I get ready, probably. I was just kind of curious. I mean, you're just looking. I know you're looking. Did you want the cruiser like mine, or did you want the big, you know, the more standard? I want one I can put saddlebags on. I may not know I have to come with it. But I want the saddlebags like, yeah. like yours. Yeah. Yours would be fine for me. I don't need much stuff to take with me. Yeah, I like mine over most of the standard ones or the ones that come standard as because these I can take off. The yeah. other ones you can't yeah. take that's, off. That's, that's a nice feature. So yeah. that's one thing nice about mine I like. Who makes the bags for this? Uh, they're technically shad bags, but they're made sold by K&M. Okay, can't him sell some dealers. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're called Shad. A lot of times you buy one like that, they'll give you a bargain on the, some of the equipment you buy for it. Yeah. And then I have a, my top case is a Givy top case. I've seen the Givy, yeah. That's pretty nice, too, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah That's a nice, nice case. So, something like that, you know. And if, you know, if I have to find a, a good user with bags and everything already on it, I'll buy it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not at the point where I can shop yet. No. So, that's just eight days a week, though, Rich. Yeah, that's what's, that, that's what's a short eight list. days a week. That's a list of eight bikes that you want to own. Eight bikes, cars. Oh. If you had any unlimited money, what would you own? It's kind of like your ultimate garage, but we we cut it down and we make you choose seven, oh. 
in one project. Put the spider in it for sure. There'd be a spider in it. There, there, there probably would be a uh, Shelby Colbert. Be one of them in there. Which year? Huh? What year? Huh? Oh, one of the original ones if I can afford it. With all the money, unlimited money. Yeah, I'd have a super snake. Okay. The 427 in, in the Cobra. The one right. that you can still buy today. No, well, you can still buy a brand new Cobra, like the original. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get one of them with the 427 in it, you know, yeah. aluminum 427. Yeah. And I have to have a hot rod, which would be a uh, 40 Willys Coupe mm-hmm. with a blown 426 Hemi in it. That would be in the garage. Hmm. Damn. Eat them. That's tough. Well, no, one's a project, so you only need seven that are functional. <laughs> Oh, the project? No, and I, and I, I still I kind of look for one all the time. I'd yeah. like to find an unrestored Cushman Eagle scooter that I could restore. They're hard to find. You know, a restored one in some areas in California going for eight thousand dollars now. You know, okay, that'd be a good project. It'd be fun to build. I'd love to build one of them. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Eight would be tough. Four more. It's got four more. Don't yeah. you need a truck to play with? Got a truck. Right, so I don't want to find something I got a wrench on all the time. That's why I buy a Ford. So, is it fixed for repair daily? No, it's first on race day, like today. Did you see it today? Who won today? Yeah, Fords. Okay, so uh, hmm. you apparently weren't watching the Atlanta race. You what? You apparently weren't watching the Road Atlanta race. <laughs> What's that? The races there? The the Grand uh, Lepete Le Mans. Petite Le Mans. Oh, the Mans yeah. class. IMSA. Himself. Oh, yeah. What did the, what'd the uh, Fords do in that? Anything? I don't know, but the Corvette won the championship. That's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that the new Ford GT, run, I think it, it runs in a different class than the Corvette, I think. No, same you know, class. Le Mans, come in one, two, same three class. at Le Mans. Same class. Yeah. The new Ford GT in the, in the Corvette? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know the Le Mans, class. they come in one, two, three. And they won Daytona also with it in that class. Uh, probably fun to have a sports car. Well, I got the. The, you got the hot rod. You got the Cobra. Got the Cobra. Got the hot rod. Got the bike. Would you want another bike? Yeah, you got to have two. You want the K100 back? No. Want a Beamer? If I was going to buy an older bike that I had back, I would buy that uh, 74 400F. That was a fun little bike. It had a huh. four-cylinder, 400 cc, and it was quick. I had a lot of fun that bike. I'd have one of them. That'd be a good good to have in the garage. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh Oh, it has to have a motorhome in there, too. I know you need a camper. Big RV. Need a motorhome. Yeah, I got to get me a big motorhome. Yeah. Just say RV Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, like a Prevost or something like go that. Ahead, yeah. Go ahead and have a tow hurl and make it so you got a trailer in the back of it so you can tow all your... Oh, you don't need a trailer. You just, you just need... Well, yeah, get a trailer. Get an enclosed trailer and haul anything I want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd yeah. be another thing. Does that count as a vehicle? I don't know. That's uh, Rich. Think, yeah. Rich? Oh, we, can hook, it, we can hook it up to the RV. Yeah. Okay. So, what are we down to now? Two more. Two more. Hmm. Don't you take the car out with a wife so she's got a nice car? Oh, well, you know, if you're going to go all out, why not have a drag race car in there, too? Why not? You know, let's build. I want to build something too fast. We probably put a. Like a demon? Huh? Like a Dodge Demon? Oh, no, no, no. We go something like a Super Comp Dragster. Yeah. Uh, but your Dragster there, Rich. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, my health wouldn't do it, but I'd have one have someone else drive me. I would have a. Uh, I build a pro mod, no? All right. Only, you know, the engines are only like eighty-five grand for each one. I mean, you got to have two. You know, unlimited money, you can do that. You know? Yeah, 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 be fun. <laughs> so that that that's about eight, wouldn't that fill the garage? 
that would fill your garage. Well, then you'd have to, you have to have a, I'd have to have a different truck and trailer to take the, the, the pro mod out with though. So we're up to about 10 or 11 now. Well, too late. But you don't need two pickups your garage. trucks. I, I can get rid of mine and get another one. Yeah. 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 Well, if that Ford is so great, you should be pulling all of these with it. You don't need well, another I don't one. have the diesel. I just got the gas one. I don't need the diesel. Oh, details. Pardon? I said details. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So. Very nice. But, Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. You got any other ones you can pick up? What you really want is an enclosed, you know, 40, 45 footer with a, with a, something like a Freightliner pulling it. Oh yeah. Like a real, like a real over the road truck. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If you're going to pull something like that, well, that's what we had. We had a Freightliner pulling the 40 footer. Of course it had an RV right in the back of the tractor. The owner and his wife stayed in that. Very nice. Johnny John, what do you think? Sounds good, man. All good. All good? All excited. How's your beer doing? It's all gone. It's empty. All gone? Empty? Yeah. All gone. Sounds like we'll we need another, here, another one in the downshift. Well, yeah, probably maybe. If you want to. I would say I'll, I'll do the closing and then you can think about it. How about that? All right. You do that. All right. Before we go, I'd like to again thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you're interested in joining this little group and supporting the show, you can visit loudpipes.net forward slash donate. And we've talked about this before, but we do have some interviews and activities coming up that are born right out of our clubhouse. And we do this show as often as we can, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, although this is a Sunday, who's counting? Uh, Join us at loudpipes.net slash live. Mix it up in the chat room with us and other riders during the show. And you can follow us on the Mixlr app, M-I-X-L-R, and you'll be notified as soon as we go live. Additional information for this episode, including links, and we'll get some images from Tom as well. Put that on the website, loudpipes.net slash 138. And we also have links there to leave us some feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. All right, Tom, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. I kind of enjoyed it sitting here rehashing all stuff with John. You know, I hadn't seen him in so long, so yeah, it's enjoyed good, this. Good catching up. Thank you. And if you guys grab another beer, we can k- kick it into the downshift. All right. All right, John and John, kickstands up. Yeah, man. Later. All right. Good night. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.